Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, Internet World. Hello. We are starting a cult as usual. We're it's here. true. It's true. That's Grant. I'm Jake. Uh, that, that is us. I'm Grant, and that is Jake. Also in the room, Navi, crying. Yes, you may hear occasional whining. We're doing our best. Oh, oh. Oh, you shush talking. now. You're going to get into trouble. You're going to get into trouble if you're not in the, this room with us. All right? Yeah, no. See, that's the problem. I don't want you out there thinking that we're we're torturing the dog. His bed is in here. His toys are in here. It's just that um, if we were to come in here and close the door, he would probably be getting into things that uh, he shouldn't be doing. He'd be tearing up the couch and doing all this stuff. That's true. Even yeah. right now, he's licking your ear pretty intently. Yeah, he is. He's oh, getting God. into the microphone. But this is okay. It, this is what Get he's here bro. for. We love him none, nonetheless. Anywho. Anyway, that's Navi, and we are all here. Yes, we are here. We are going to be telling you the wonderful beginnings. I guess wonderful might not be the right word to use. It's definitely the start of it. But the the beginnings, nonetheless, of one man named Edward. Well, actually, it uh, is Edward, yeah. It is, but it's no one Edward, calls him that. Eh, Edward Theodore Gein. Ed Ted Gein. Ed Ted. Ed Ted. Ed Ted. It's like Ben 10. He's but, a combination of everything. Yeah, so for the, I mean, I'm sure... Most people, if you're listening to this episode, uh, unless this is your first soiree with the internet, your chances are you've stumbled upon us and you already know uh, a little bit about this guy. Um, for those of you that are fans of horror films, it was the inspiration for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, if you don't know anything about him, don't get your hopes up. There's really no chainsaws involved. Um it's just the inspiration. You it's know? true. It's true, yeah. But we are um, starting a cult. That's what we're doing. And in order for us to fully start this cult, for those of you unaware, we have to teach you everything. We have to teach ourselves everything before we can start the cult. Right? No, it's true. It's very stressful. Right. So we're in a constant state of preparation. Um, we we've you know we have a cult. You are in the cult already. No, it's true. You're listening. You're you're in it. But we we have we are not fully organized until we all know everything there is to know. And with that being said, we're gonna he- we're gonna be here today 
to teach you another great, grand, and wonderful lesson in the world of true crime. There's some do's. There's some don'ts. Oh, yeah. Somewhere in the end, there's a lot of uh, gross stuff. Yeah, and and I hope you guys are ready because this is, I mean, I feel like we say this a lot, but we tend to be very picky and choosy on what we cover in true crime because, I mean, there's just so, there's an abundance of it out there in the world. A lot of people are committing crimes. Yeah, they like it. And we kind of pick things that, you know, stray from the norm as well as picking, you know, it's hard to ignore the classics, you know? It is, because you know what? They're classics for a reason. You can't you can't teach a course on rock and roll and skip over the Beatles. You just can't do it, you no, know? That's true, yeah. So this is one of the Beatles, I would say, of serial killing, uh, just because the sheer amount of, I guess, influence that he's given to pop culture since his time. Yeah, we wouldn't have that crazy chainsaw movie. Come on. No, we would not. We no. would not. So we need that. Let's rewind the clock a little bit, okay? We're going to go back in time to Quite when he was arriving on this plane of existence. Yeah, yeah. But uh, well, let's just give a little synopsis on who he was. Absolutely a bit. not. Just a tad bit. Grant. No. A little bit. No. All right, Ed Gein, otherwise known as the Mad Butcher, the Butcher of Plainfield, the Plainfield Ghoul, or Eddie. Uh, He was an American convicted murderer. Not a serial killer. A lot of people think that. But no, he was just a convicted murderer. Uh, He became truly infamous for what he did with the bodies of those he did not kill. Yeah, and that that is an important detail because... In order to be a serial killer, I don't quote me on this, but I believe the number is the magic number is four. Four and over, yeah. Yeah, it has to be more than four. And there's certain outliers that go into it, too. It's like we take into account time span, things like that, how quickly. Um, because, you know, there's a difference between a guy that, you know, like the Columbine kids, you wouldn't technically call them serial killers they're mass shooters yeah it was all in one go so there's a little bit of you know gray area when it comes to the actual title that is given to these criminals but he himself is very unique in the sense that it's not so much the crimes that were the interesting part of this guy's life it's the weirdness that led to them yeah it surrounds it um he had a murder count of a measly two yeah, I mean, like two that could be proven, but uh, he he remains to live on a true crime history as one of the worst of the worst. Yeah, which is funny because, I mean, it's hard to downplay somebody murdering somebody, but it's hard to say that he's the worst of the worst. It really just is. It's like, how can you expect that to be said when he? I mean, he is bad. Don't get me wrong. He's not good. What he did shouldn't have been done, but. We'll get into that. Yeah, so right. why don't we... Oh. Nobby, you got to chill out. Dude, right? Ed Gein is... We have your bed. We have your ball. We have that chili pepper you like. He's long dead, buddy. You don't need to freak out. It's okay. It's okay. There is a story in here that might upset you, but that's way later. Yeah, okay? it's not even going to be an issue for you, dude. I can almost promise you. Like, we're going to get through it together. That's what we're here for. He's spazzing out. So why don't we travel a little bit. Everybody hop into your mind vehicles, and let's go up to... The great old state of Wisconsin, shall we? Ooh, yeah, Wisconsin, known for their serial killers and cheese. Ooh, God, are they good at both of those things. Oh, they are. So Edward Theodore Gein was born uh, August 27th of 1906. Old as shit. He's older than I thought he would be. Yeah, no, he gets old. 
in Lacrosse County, Wisconsin, to George Philip and Augusta Wilhelmine uh, Gein as their second child after Ed's older brother Henry, five years his senior. I love that term, five years his senior. Why can't <laughs> it was we just weird. say it, he's X amount of years older? And the reason I said X is because I'm not even sure what that means. I just He's older, man. He's just an older guy. He's five years his senior, 12 years his junior. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to dress up the language a little bit. And but 18 I... <laughs> years his first grade. Oh, God. Uh, so this specific area of Wisconsin was, and is still known to this day, as uh, sand country to most Ooh. Wisconsinites due to its infertile and flat landscape. Isn't so, that depressing? Very bad, it sounds. We're, you're already in the Midwest, and the Midwest is not known for its abundance of, you know, land and lush and wonderful things to look at. Yeah. And then here you go into sand country, okay? <laughs> It's bad. Uh, Gein and his family, they resided specifically in Plainfield for most of uh, most of Ed's life, uh, Wisconsin. And uh, in a small town of roughly 100, not 100, 800 people, consisting mainly of destitute farming families. Yeah, that's that's still very small 800 on scale. people, yeah. It, uh, I, we've been to town. I'm sure everybody that's listening to this has been to a town similar to this where it's just... It's like, who lives here? Yeah, it's an old just farming community, and the people that live there are probably generational. Uh, it's like you either make your own food or you survive on gas station, like, candy aisle. Yeah, it's like McDonald's just got to you guys in, like, 2019, maybe, and that's still, like, three towns over. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it's still quite quite a trek. But for some reason, I don't know if this is just, like, a Midwest thing, but I've been to a lot of places. I mean, I, we've talked about this before in Wisconsin and things. You know, I've, Wisconsin, I've probably been to Wisconsin and seen more of Wisconsin than actual any other state, including Indiana, where I live. So Wisconsin, there's something about subways up there. You guys love subway. Every place I go, there's like a population. It's so small that they don't even like count it. And there's a subway there. Do you think they have like wider cheese options? Have you ever investigated that? Like cheese curds on a on a sando? That'd be it, cool. As far as the one, I've only stopped at one in a. I'm trying to think. Oh, it was uh, in Wasaki, Wisconsin, and it was just a regular old subway. It was good. It was a subway, you know, it was fine. Subway, nice. I will. I will admit this. As far as sub sandwiches go. Um, is international chain wise, I'd say I would. I, maybe I'm just biased because that's what I ate as a kid. But I'd probably take a Subway over a Jimmy John's. What? I probably would. Are you shitting me, dude? I, Jimmy John's is so much better. I I can't deny that. That's the thing. I can't deny it. But I just there's something about a Subway. It's it's like it's nostalgic for me. I'm is like, it the the customization? Is it that aspect? I think it is. And it's like, it's just the strangeness of what you could do. It's like, let me put some <laughs> olives on my bacon and steak sandwich with mayo. It's like, I, who would fucking make this? This isn't a sandwich anywhere else. It's like, nobody just wants charge it. me for quadruple olives. It's just an olive sandwich. It's just, just give me some olives on bread. But I um, I will say, there, Wisconsin, there's something about at least some of these like small farming towns. They're made for people to be weird in. Like, they really are. It's very true. Weird or sad. Like I said, it's it's just full of mostly destitute farming families. George 
George, who was Ed's father, he was no exception to this description. And he had the additional tragedy of his uh, uh, entire family dying in a flood when he was three years old. So that's where Ed's dad started out. Yeah, this is the beginning of the family lineage. It's already in a bad spot. Yeah, yeah. Not surprisingly, George became an angry and self-pitying drunk, uh, sometimes seemingly refusing to speak for days at a time. Oh, those are... Very sad. Very sad man. Yeah. The sand man, the sad sand man. You see, because he's <laughs> in listens. sand country. Yeah, I get exactly, it. I yeah. do get it. It all makes sense. There we go. Yeah, uh, George could never seem to hold a job down, uh, dabbling in everything from carpentry to animal hide tanning to insurance sales to uh, even being a grocery store owner. He tried it all. All right, uh, but George later uh, he sold the business as a the, the grocery store. I mean. As a move uh, to move into a 155-acre farm where Ed would spend most of his entire life. That just to put that into like terms, I guess for people that are unfamiliar with acreage, uh, it's the equivalent of saying that's an ass load of property. Um, you could pretty much do anything you wanted on 150 acres. You could have a concert and a football game. Like a, a full on at real the same time, and a full fledged concert occurring at the same exact time, and they wouldn't really need to be overlapping. Like they wouldn't run into each yeah. other. You know, just to give an idea, you could probably stand at one end of the property, scream as loud as you can, and people on the other side would not be able to hear you. No, they they probably wouldn't even know where you are. So that that's a, it's a huge piece of land, but up there. And, I mean, you had to think the products of the time, that that was pretty customary to have, like, farmland that size, you know? Yeah, yeah. You're going to need a lot of it, especially considering most of it's sand. Yeah, you really, there's probably, what, maybe 12 usable acres on that? Maybe, if you're lucky. Uh, So, yeah, that was was, uh, George. That was Ed's father, so that's terrible. Ed's mother, Augusta. However, uh, she was a large woman with a large personality that was uh, heavily based in conviction, evangelicalism, and pig-headedness. Pig-headed? Pig-headedness. It's kind of like just being like you know stubborn as a mule, like you know one of those. Oh, uh, okay. Like, I'm always like... so right. I'm, I'm a pig-head is what they call You're me. You're a pig-head. You're a pig-head. Pig-headed That's asshole. That's a new term. I'm, I'm not You didn't hear it? You never that. heard that? Damn. No. All right. Well, cool. We're all learning stuff. So rarely uh, would a day go by where Augusta didn't tell a perfect stranger how they were a harlot or just a plain sinner for living their daily lives in a way she saw unfit for grace and salvation. So she was one of those. Yeah, one of those. One folks. of those like, I'll spread it around even if you don't ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, so nominally she was, uh, and she was, and so the family was, Lutheran. Uh, just to give you a better idea what type of religious person Augusta was... Uh, it wasn't, if it wasn't clear already, um, Ed is quoted in saying that his mother told him, if we were meant to have sex, the Lord would have made it enjoyable. I, How do you feel about that? Um, yeah, I, it sounds like she needs I gotta, something. I got to process this for a minute because what she's saying is right, but she's saying it in the what. She, she's never had good sex, is what I'm getting out of this. No, and that's entirely her fault, it sounds like. And the saddest part is that 
even bad sex, it, when they say like, you know, they always say like, oh, sex is like pizza. It shouldn't be a negative experience. Even if it's not good, it shouldn't be like miserable, you no, know? Yeah, very much so, very much so. If it's miserable, you're something is not happening correctly in any way. <laughs> I guess, you know, backwards sort of way, the Lord is kind of making it not enjoyable to her. Yeah. I so can't. I guess she's not wrong. <laughs> I just, I, I mean. That really threw me for a loop because that is such a, I've heard people say things very similar to that, but in the other way, it's like, why would God make sex a sin if it's so enjoyable, you know? Yeah. But she used that the other way. She's like, sex is awful. It just hurts, and I pray for it to be over. It's like, lady. It's like, God damn, that sucks. Lady, something something is not connecting. Some of the wires are mism- mismatched, and it's not working. Yeah, yeah. Misfi- misfiring synapses, perhaps. Her, yeah, that just, uh... All right, here's another good example of uh, of her, just in a nutshell, uh, is the fact that she instilled in her two sons that every woman on earth, aside from herself, of course, uh, was an instrument of the devil and were present to corrupt men. That's the only reason women exist, is what Augusta thinks. That reminds me of, like, a, did you guys ever see Waterboy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kathy Bates, everything's the devil. <laughs> that is the devil. Like That is just what I imagine. It's like, Mom, how did you get so lucky to not be an instrument of the devil? It's like, I was born an instrument, but I've learned to not be. Like, okay. <laughs> like, all right. Unlearning an instrument. Never heard that one. You're not making a lot of sense here, Ms. Gein, but it's I'm like, not going to question. God damn. Well, apparently George and Augusta got together due to George being tall. And broad-chested. That's a good... Maybe that's why the Uh, sex wasn't enjoyable. (laughs) There's no actual attraction. She just saw it as like... He's tall, he's strong, he can work on a farm, uh, but he is insanely drunk and sad all the time. So where where do you... You you know, it's a give-take. Yeah, it's like, Uh, this is not good for anybody involved. Yeah, apparently Augusta saw these as attractive attributes. However, uh, if their marriage could be whittled down to one exemplifying and reoccurring situation... It'd be George coming home drunk, okay. Augusta hurling insults and criticisms at him, George flailing his arms, not not necessarily punching or anything, just flailing his arms at her. Oh, that's uh, just what I pictured. <laughs> hands never forming into fists. This guy's and just calling t- ape shit. <laughs> and the two uh, scuffling to the ground, and Augusta fervently praying for his death. Wow. She would just get down on her knees and pray for the death of George. Please murder my husband. It's like <laughs> I've heard that as a joke, but never as not sarcasm. It's like wow, like you this it was a reoccurring thing. That happened a lot. You getting a drink, Nobby? Yeah, I don't know if it's picking it up, but this guy is slopping this guy down is the floor. Thirsty as shit. It's it's great. It's really inspiring me to continue on. Because he is just, uh, it, it's just very uh, yeah, about it's 60, uplifting. About 60% of that's on the floor now. Well, yeah, that's, that's just, all right. That's, just that's what all right, Navi. All right, well, so yeah, that's, um, so those were Ed's parents. Okay? Uh, and as awful and spiteful and infuriating as his mother sounds, uh, Ed worshipped her till the day that uh, she died. Well, and he died. And that's that's kind of the case in a lot of these situations, true crime or not. People that are raised in households like that especially that controlling environment it's 
you almost can never break out of that. You're in that mindset forever. No, it's true. He would become emotional to the point of tears whenever she was brought up. Like, it was insane. I he mean, worshipped her. Do not get me wrong. I love my mother very much. No, my mom's great. But I can honestly say this. Um, if people are talking about my mother in any way, they're just like, hey, how's Fran doing? It's like, I'm not going to start crying. I'll be like, she's doing fine. She's... She's she so is good. the light. Like, oh she, my god! Oh god, she's so wonderful. It's, it's like, like, dude, chill out. Like, drink gonna, some water. No, and if you do listen to this, mom, I'm not saying I don't care about you. I'm just saying, hi, friend. If somebody mentions your name, you know, and we're talking about you, I, I won't be crying unless they're like, yeah, I'm gonna kill that woman. Then I'd be like, hold on, yeah. but I might cry a little bit. No, yeah, don't do that. Is what I say. Don't kill friend. But this is Ed Gein's issues here. Okay, Ed Gein. He's a mama's boy to the most extreme sense. Shut up. Just like the puppy over here. He's a big mama's boy. That's just how life is, though. He's mostly riled up because his mom isn't here, but also probably because we were playing all those dog noises on the, on YouTube. Yeah. We were I think we that. whipped him up a little bit. We were showing him a good old time. It was fun, though. He enjoyed it, I think. Yeah, go investigate the window. All right. So... Uh, so he, he worshipped his mother, right? This was all despite his earliest memory of life being having fallen down a flight of stairs as a toddler only to be violently picked up by the arm by his mother and screamed at for an abhorrent amount of time. How dare you make a mistake <laughs> You lost your world. balance? Son! You fool. You fucking... Oh, you God. You fool. I hate you. Anyway, uh, another story of Ed's childhood was really, uh, it really gives the idea of what kind of relationship Ed and his mother had. Uh, So when Ed was seven years old, uh, his mother gave him money to go to the end of the block to buy some bread. Pretty simple task, right? But he is seven, so I can see how that would, I didn't go anywhere when I was seven when I was alone. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't be trusted with cash to be like, go pick this up for him. Yeah, yeah. So Ed was seven years old. His mother gave him money, needed to get some bread. Somewhere along the way, somehow Ed lost the money. This He's is like bad. the money's gone, Bob. So this he is bad. yeah he went back and uh, he returned to the house empty-handed, and his mother, as if this was the absolute worst possible thing anyone had ever done to her, said to Ed's seven-year-old fucking face, "You dreadful child! Only a mother could love you." Oh. But Ed loved his mother unconditionally. She did no wrong. And could do no wrong in his eyes. Yeah, I... See, this is already... He's seven, okay? And there are all the telltale signs of issues to come down the road. Uh, We haven't gotten into things, you know, the stereotypical animal mutilation, bedwetting. But we've certainly got the controlling housing environment under control. Yeah, very much. That That is... Solid in place here. That, as a matter of fact, that might be it. Might be so strong that it outweighs everything else that you might look at to see. Like it might be that intense. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Let's keep going. Uh, it, it's important to note that the grocery store that I mentioned earlier that uh, that George Gein owned, right? It was ran by Augusta because George was kind of a a sad Drunk. a sad and uh, despicable person. Yeah, he just wasn't a so, great guy. He yeah. was sad, he was angry, he was flailing. Yeah, Augusta he, was, was holding it down. You know like those inflatable snowmen that come around during Christmas? He was a sad version of that. Oh, so just not just half inflated, 
just kind of going with the breeze. You're like, just it's sitting so in the yard, cold. just like slumped, just like, is it over yet? When is it over? <laughs> when it's spring. I need spring. I want it to go away. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, uh, it, was, it was owned by George. Augusta was holding it down. So, during the time that the family had uh, the business, there was like this shack out in the back of the store that had been labeled as off-limits to the two young boys, Henry and Ed. Bad sign. Right? Bad sign. It's off-limits. Uh, what's that Simpsons line? It's like, what is your curiosity with the forbidden closet of mystery? Like <laughs> yeah, one of those. <laughs> why are you so obsessed like, with it? Like how could you just just leave it alone? It, yeah, I mean that's the thing. For those, again, I I'm not a parent, but I think it's pretty safe to assume that if you tell a child, if you tell a child that they're not allowed to do something, first uh, thing they want to do. Yeah, it's and, the first thing, and that goes even further. I would extend that into anybody. If you were to tell any human being on this planet, "Hey, um, I know you're curious as to what's going on over there, but just don't ever mention it again, and don't worry about it, and I'm not going to tell you," it's going to make them so interested to the point that they have to find. Oh out. yeah, we're naturally defiant, us humans. Yeah, that's just what it is. So it's this is already shaping up to be. An interesting scenario. Now we have this magical room that they can't go in. Yeah, just a little shack. Naturally, of course, like we said, sparked curiosity in, yeah. the, in the boys' minds. And Yeah, exactly. And you think children, their imaginations are much more vivid than, I would say, your average adult. Um, so when you tell them that there's a secret room that they're not allowed in... They're God, reeling about it. God knows what the hell they think is actually going on in there. Because it's probably something insane. And this story is no exception. No. So this is a seemingly pivotal memory in Ed's uh, mind for this time period, right, in in his life. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was an investigation of the shed one day where he witnessed through the crack uh, of a... uh, So the the shack door, it was kind of cracked open. He was looking through. He's peering, right? Uh, Both of his parents were standing on opposite sides of a dead hog... Hanging by a hook, uh, a hook on a chain, and they were in full body length aprons, and they were covered in blood. Okay. Oh. So Ed, okay. Yeah, Ed witnessed his mother slice the animal from neck to crotch and watch the innards and slime fall out uh, into a bucket placed underneath. So Ed's mother, uh, who had uh, her back to Ed, had turned around because apparently Ed made a noise of some sort. Uh, turned around 180 degrees only to see his prying eye through the door left ajar. And that's that's the end of the memory. All right, so it's just slaughtered hog. Mom saw, and then it's gone. And if we know anything nowadays, if we can apply any knowledge that we have in 2021, we can probably surmise, I mean, I'm not going to go out there and say this is what happened, but there's a fair sh- chance that this is what happened. Um if that's where the memory ends and he does know for a fact that his mom witnessed him seeing this, there's a chance that something extremely traumatic occurred after that. More than likely, yeah, I'd say. Um, I mean, yeah. think what happened to him when he fell down the stairs. That's the craziest one so far. 
damn near ripped his fucking shoulder out of its socket. Yeah, and then he lost seven dollars, and oh my god, that was that was not good. Dude, that's even more money than it, bread probably costs. Oh yeah, he was seven years old. He just got money for bread. It was probably a fucking oh, dime. Yeah, I had the number. I, I, no, it's all bad. good. It's my all good. Bad. I understand. He yeah. Yeah, so this, especially knowing what we know about his mother, even up until this point, it's fair to assume that him peeping into the forbidden closet or tool shed, um, not a not a not a good thing yeah, to be going against in. the parents' wishes. That is not looked on favorably uh, for religious people. So, uh, so that that was that was something that happened. But then they sold the fucking place. They sold the grocery uh, store. So after this, the whole family moved to Plainfield, uh, Wisconsin, largely due to the aspect of isolation it provided. Augusta felt that La Crosse was full of harlots and whores and was no longer a sensible place to live. And so she made the decision that the family would take up farming in Plainfield. Of course she feels that way. I mean, we, just, we know who she is and what she's all about, so that makes sense just based yeah. on what we know. No, it's true. So all this occurred in 1913, okay? Okay. So it was around there. Upon moving here, it was very apparent that Ed was not particularly good with people. Okay? Oh, really? Uh, yeah, he attempted to socialize as much as he could, yet he uh, would often laugh at very inappropriate times, and he always had a slight grin on his face, which was very off-putting to people. That's kind of funny. He's already like socially awkward and weird, but now he <laughs> can't like control off his grin. He's <laughs> just laughing and smirking at everything. Oh <laughs> yeah! I imagine he sounded. He was like, <laughs> probably just like a a, a, a very uh, uh, elf like giggle is what I'm what I'm thinking. That's I'm, a great way to put yeah, it. Yeah, right. He's he's like a, a mischievous elf. So on top of this, he would never look at at any one thing for more than a moment. His eyes were like constantly shifting around as he spoke. One eye would, one eye actually like drooped slightly, eyes and that drooper. was a, that was a big thing. Apparently, he got made fun of that, and whenever someone like made fun of him for it, he would cry about it for literally days. Yeah, that sounds like about he right. would blubber about it. Insane. So uh, his unique behavior was not limited to outside of the home either. Okay, so he would apparently act in a very uh, effeminate manner most of the time. He would cry loudly and for a long time, like I said, uh, if posed with any sort of opposition. Ed's father fucking hated him, okay? (laughs) Mainly for the effeminate thing. Uh, Yeah, he hated these traits in his young son and thought of him as a mama's boy, which he was totally hitting the nail on the head with that. He was, but to be fair, it's not like he had a chance to be a daddy's boy. Uh, that's weird to even say because that doesn't really you don't daddy's hear that. boy. It's usually like daddy's <laughs> girl. I've never heard that phrase. But there's got to be people out there that are like you know like little boys that are much more in line with their father instead. You know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it just kind of that's how kids look at it. It's like I'm a guy. My dad's a guy. I'm gonna model myself after him. You know. But uh, in any case, Ed Gein's childhood was devoid of friends. Uh, the only people Ed was around and was socialized with were his drunken and emotionally abusive father, his domineering and fanatically religious mother, and his neglected older brother. Okay? So these were the three people that he spent pretty much his entire life with. And it didn't help that any time Ed thought he might have made a friend at school, he would, like, come home and tell his mother. His mother would just dash away every single thing 
that could be seen as good about a child in Ed's eyes. Yeah. So she would just be like, no, this is what's wrong with him. It's fucking terrible. Why would you even think of interacting with this whore, this harlot? Man, I don't know the genders, but I assume she just called everyone a whore. Yeah, what's a male harlot, you know? Uh, is that, uh, ooh, there's a band named after it. Um, it's uh, Incubus. Or no, that's some sort of other that's thing. A, yeah, that's like uh, a succubus and an incubus, you know? Gigolo, maybe. I, yeah, it's like a male prostitute, the male <laughs> whore, I, I guess. I don't yeah. know. We don't, they don't really give those those type of you know slang terms yeah. to She seemed to the a males. bit more square. I think she would probably just call them sinners. Or like yeah. men not of God or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, so she instilled in him constantly that he was in danger, no matter where he was or what he was doing, if it was not in her immediate presence. So fear to even leave her side ever is what was instilled in him. You know, we are called, we are starting a cult, but she really is the type of brain we need. We can take some notes from her, man. She is really starting a creepy family cult that's just like, did you guys ever see the, this is like a really weird thing the king of the hill episode where they join the cult luann and peggy and they're just about like jelly and jam (laughs) like they're just like no no we are a family we are a family and we farm for jelly and it's like that's the vibe i'm getting from this it's just like no no yeah yeah (laughs) um here's a here's a kind of a twist strangely enough um she uh augusta she would always tell her two sons to masturbate. Oh, God. She highly recommended masturbating all the time. Why? She saw this, uh, this sin as a lesser sin than that of actually having sex with a woman at all. Very weird chick, Augusta. Okay? So, wait. Like, I, what, she's like, boys, you gotta, you gotta yank it. So, in her weird, twisted fucking skull... I'm confused as to... Okay, so she thinks that, you know, sex is a sin. Understandably, that is a very common thing among, you know, extremely religious folks. Yeah. Um, There's like, if you're not procreating, it sucks. And even then, yeah. you shouldn't enjoy it. Exactly. Like so I don't understand how masturbation is less. Because if anything, it should be more of a sin based on that ideal. Because... There's literally zero chance of procreation upon masturbation. Yeah, you're right. I think there is like a line in the Bible or something. It's like, it's better that you spill your seed on the earth than in the the loins of a whore or some shit. Like something along those lines. So that's probably heavily where she got it. But she like went hard on that lesson. She was like, you have to masturbate, I can't tell you how uncomfortable I would be if I... Even met a single person that was like, "What? Your mom didn't, you know, teach you and tell you to masturbate all the time? Like, what? <laughs> like, what? No, no, like, no, no. She like bring it up like all the time. Like, say, do it, do it, do it. Like, <laughs> no, it's like, oh god, I, no. I've never, never dealt with that in and, my life, dude. You want to know the probably the creepiest aspect of this? I so, think we got there already. No, uh, oh, okay, so." <laughs> So what I've told you thus far, you may be thinking like, oh, what a crazy childhood, so weird, so young. Um, So this insane mother-son relationship went far beyond youth, okay? 
So this, it was like youth I was talking about before childhood. This blends into way later in life, okay? Both Ed and his brother Henry lived with and were thoroughly mothered by Augusta well into their 30s. Okay. That's... And even and this is when she was like, you got to masturbate. Everyone masturbate. We're going to read the Bible, and you're going to masturbate. <laughs> like, what about passage like, they Jesus read Christ. to get them to masturbate? You know, like, was there a specific one that's like... All right, boys. I don't think it was the cause of it, but it was the two were always paired in the the winding down of the day. That's such a weird way to unwind. I don't know about you guys. I'd, I'd say I had a pretty, you know, average childhood, like for just based on like geographically where I'm at. Um, my wind down was like we eat dinner. You can have one soda and maybe we'll watch some TV until you go to bed. That was pretty normal to me, but maybe to, to you guys, your your parents, maybe they were into like we're gonna read this book and then you're all gonna jerk off and go to sleep. If so, you should contact a therapist probably. Well, no, contact us first because I don't want to deal with. Them. Oh, I do. <laughs> I, I I don't know how to deal. I with wanna, that. I want to uh, uncrack the fucking soda can that is your brain, and I want to. You only understand. get one. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so yeah, he they they were both living with uh, Augusta well into their thirties, and there was no end in sight of the situation. Uh, that is until their father George ended up drinking himself to death. We knew it was coming on April Fool's Day. Oh, it was just a big of nineteen forty. Yeah, it wasn't. It, he's not really dead. He's still around. It was just a big goof. Yeah. He's just like you guys failed the test. I'm leaving forever. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, April first, nineteen forty. Uh, George Gein's heart gave out, and it was said that he died with a smile on his face at the age of sixty-six. I mean, you hate to speak ill of anybody like that, but if that person, if Augusta was, he no, sounded life, like a piece of shit. I mean, he, no one deserves Augusta, but. He doesn't deserve anything. I would. I'd still have to say, if I was him, I'd be smiling too. I'd be like, I don't have to deal with her anymore. Goodbye. <laughs> Pretty much, man. Uh, so uh, at at this time, at the time of their father's passing, Henry uh, was thirty eight years old, and Ed was thirty four. And though they were men, essentially still living the lives of children, they began doing odd jobs around the community to cover living expenses, which were not much because this farm. Did not have plumbing. It didn't have electricity. It was basically just bare bones. Like, we need food. We need supplies to make the food. It was just a permanent tent. That's all it Pretty was. Pretty much. Dude, a permanent tent made of wood. That's all it is. But uh, So the two brothers were considered trustworthy and honest dudes uh, in the community. And they, they were like, yeah, you know, they were just like, they worked hard. And they worked as handymen. Just doing odd jobs. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Handymen. Oh my God, that is so much more funny than go. I thought it would be. It, All right, it, it clicked. We got it. Wow. So on top of this, Ed also began because he was doing odd jobs as a handyman along with Henry. But Ed was also babysitting for various families. And if if you know where this story is going to go later in this episode and part two, babysitting's probably like not something we'd openly suggest he does. No. But, you know, if, no, if, no, no, even at this time, I probably wouldn't recommend it. But I'll tell you this. It's not as weird as it will be later. It you was know? it kind of made sense at the time, because not so surprisingly, Ed could relate to children very easily, like doing magic tricks and like horsing around and all that. And he would like tell them stories like spooky stories because he was super getting into uh, this thing called Adventure Magazine. 
Oh, uh, yeah, I know Adventure about that. Adventure Magazine, yeah. Here, I think I have a couple of titles just yeah. to give you an idea. It is, it's funny because it's not something I'm ever, I've ever been familiar with, but even just doing research for this, I watched that. Uh, it's like a docu-series. It was, it's on, part of it's on YouTube, and it's on that Peacock TV, I think. Okay. Uh, they mentioned this. They talk about this magazine like more than they do actually him. No, yeah, and just to give like a a little uh, idea of what these these books were about, these magazines, these stories. Uh, here's some titles. All right, the Black Death, the City of Ball, uh, the Temple of the Ten, the Grip of the Minotaur, uh, the Adventures of Fiadit and Siracaman, or something. Hobo Stories, off-trail publications. That'd be cool. Yeah, right? Hobo really Stories, cool, Barehanded, The Island. It was pretty much just adventure stories a lot of the times having to deal with what with uh, people that uh, people in North America considered savages. Yeah, I would say. Basically like cannibals, like different tribes, uh, just involving adventures like that. Hobos. Right. Hobos, like too. Yeah. They definitely <laughs> saw them as savages. Yeah. So, yeah, he was an avid reader because uh, though he was a bit of a simpleton in the eyes of most, he excelled in school in most subjects, but none more enjoyed by him than reading. Yeah, exactly. And it, that, he was an avid reader. It is funny, again, like kind of fast forwarding to now, that's something that we understand today, but back then it's like the idea of not even necessarily autism, but any form of like you know, mental development, you even, know, even like a social, like inability to perform, I yeah. guess, you know, like, it's like, there's not a, it's not black and white just because you have, you know, for, this for lack of a better term, I don't know what the actual term is, but like any form of like mental retardation, it doesn't have to be like one th- It's either you're smart or like, you're just like completely like simple there's in the middle there's you know there's people that just struggle with certain things or like yeah have social issues it it doesn't mean anything nowadays it's pretty commonly accepted that people on like even the autism spectrum they can like be beyond successful yeah like, look at elon musk like yeah exactly you know? so there there's a good chance that just with the knowledge of today that Ed might have, you know, had some issues with this or some cognitive development issues. He was a bit slow, issues. but even back then, he was viewed as just a soft-spoken, quiet, gentle, and very good guy. Yeah. You know, he was a good neighbor. He would always help if anyone asked for help on the farm or something. Like, he was he was just like a, a dude in the community. He had the reputation of, like, your average Wisconsinite, you know? Pretty much. He's like, oh, it's kind of like Canadian. You know, it's just like, oh yeah, I'll help you out there. Yeah, they're and just like, like and they're sweet just people. they're just south of there, so it makes sense. Yeah, they're li- they're close enough. They're getting the runoff, you know. Yeah, yeah. Trickle down Canadianism. Ooh, I like that. All right, let's get some healthcare in there. Uh, so the two brothers were working to help support their mother on the farmhouse with no electricity and plumbing, like I mentioned. Uh, the two got along most of the time, but Henry soon began longing for some overdue independence. Okay. So Henry began dating a divorced woman with two children. Ooh, scandalous. Scandalous in the eyes of Augusta. So as things uh, got more serious between the couple, Henry began making plans to move in with her, but was also rightfully worried about his younger brother, Ed, with all his like uh, over-attachment to his mother and what kind of life he might lead if left alone with her. Yeah, it, that's it was, a yeah. recipe for disaster right you there. Know? So Henry seemed to have uh, a lot more sense than Ed. 
Um, so Henry somehow thought that the best course of action regarding this was to start speaking ill of Augusta in front of Ed. Okay. Sort of like to try to like coax him into agreeing and see how he reacted, you know. Start chipping away at it, just piece by piece, you know. Yeah, it starts small, grow, grow the seed. Start um, with, boy, isn't she mean, and turn into like, she's a full-fledged bitch, we should kill her and eliminate her body. Like she's the devil. You imagine if Henry told Ed that Augusta was the devil? At this point in time in the story, his head might actually explode. Yeah, probably, very much so. <laughs> But uh, so Ed's reaction every time without fail was shock and hurt by the statements. He's like, you bastard. Why yeah. would you do that to my mother? <laughs> so this uh, this actually perfectly leads into a uh, probably the most debated aspect of Ed Gein's life. The possible murder of his brother, Henry. Yes, okay. indeed. Insane. So on May 16th of 1944... Ed and Henry were burning some marsh vegetation on the family farm, but they soon lost control of the flames. Not good. Not not a good thing on the farm. Flames new, new, out new. of control. Uh, the way Ed tells the story, the two split up to go to either end of the blaze to try to regain control of it, right? So the fire uh, attracted the attention of the local fire department who put out the fire and left. Okay, it was simple as that. Okay. But it was almost immediately after that that Ed went to the authorities and, uh, and reported his brother missing. Okay, saying that he hadn't seen him since they split up at the very beginning of the whole scenario. Okay? Okay, okay. However, the police returned to the farm with Ed uh, to search for Henry. Ed, within seconds, led them to the face-down dead body of his brother. So he's like, oh, I found a... Basically, just so quick. That is, um, <laughs> no, it's not great. It's not good. So, Henry's body was untouched by flames, but had bruises on his neck and head. Okay? So, Ed, having the reputation that he did as a soft-spoken, non-violent, ultimately good man, the police seemingly turned a blind eye to the bruises and, uh, uh, and the quick discovery of the body, right? All weird stuff. And they chalked up Henry's death to heart failure or possible asphyxiation from smoke inhalation. Either way, never in their right minds did they ever entertain the possibility that Ed could have done this. And that, yeah, that might even have to do with his reputation, you know? That's what I'm saying, yeah. He, he had the reputation of just like a nice guy. He wouldn't even, like, like hunting was obviously a big thing. Ed didn't hunt. He didn't like it. Mm-hmm. He's like, too violent, don't like it. Well, and you got to think, like, so on the positive side, he's just a kind, nice gentleman that, you know, is around. So it's like, okay, you wouldn't assume that. And then the other assumption people make of him is that he's slow, which in turn you wouldn't assume that he would kill his brother with that knowledge anyway. Meanwhile, he's just reading stories about cannibalism and crime and adventures. Exactly. And he's, I, I think he probably fucking strangled his brother. Or hit him with some sort of blunt object. On his throat and head, there's bruises. They just didn't mention that in the report. See, I have a I have a, a weird thought, okay? I think maybe here's my thing. I kinda I was thinking this last night. I'm thinking in my head that they uh, now I'm on Ed's side in this. I think they Whoa. they probably got into a bit of a scuffle, a scruffle. Well yeah, you know? he's talking shit about their mom. So they got into a little bit of you know, a fight going on here, right? There's something going on. And then the way I tend to perceive it, which I could be incorrect, is that maybe something did happen. Maybe it was heart failure or maybe it's a combination of things 
or possibly even it was accidental. It's like roughhousing to the point where Ed did something, and instead of helping him, it was just like, oh, shit, what do I do? You know? That is, uh, okay, reasonable. But also, when he would babysit, he would roughhouse with the boys, and from my knowledge, he never hurt them. Yeah, but he probably was... Well, that's a good point. You know, because you know, like, that's, that's what he would do with the boys, and he'd do the magic tricks for the girls. Like, that, that was his thing, and he'd just tell them all stories. You know, I mean, maybe I'm just jaded because of the times that we live in, but when I hear that a grown man would do magic tricks for little girls and roughhouse with the boys, it, ve- it makes me very suspect immediately. I feel like... It's these kinds of stories that make us suspect about that yeah, because yeah, a of what bit. he went on to do. A little bit, a little uh, bit. Anyway, yeah, so that's insane. Uh, no one seems to be able to agree, on, on even including us, it seems. So isn't that crazy? And I think it's it's one of those things that it's impossible to know because let's say he did do it, right? This would be, at least to, to the knowledge of you know us researchers and just basic information that you can find in books and television and the internet. If this was the case that he killed his brother, that this would be his first murder. And it's very hard to judge that based on what is to come later. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's very, it's literally no, almost I get, impossible. I get that, yeah. So it, it really is a question of did he do it or didn't he do it? But then at the end of the day, it's like, well, it doesn't really matter knowing what we know now, you know? Yeah, I think a lot of his later exploits kind of overshadow this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A bit. Just a tad bit. All right, uh, so let's just keep going. So this this event, uh, no matter what you think, uh, actually occurred, left Ed and his mother to live alone together in the farmhouse. That's a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for disaster, but this was Ed's dream. Okay, he was like, life. I have my mother all to myself. I can take care of her. It's going to be great. Uh, but there was a little hiccup in this situation not long after Henry passed. Uh, Augusta suffered from a paralyzing stroke, placing her in and out of the hospital for months, almost immediately after Henry's death. No es bueno. No es bueno. So, uh, but in a way, this was even better for Ed. Right, because he could finally dedicate his entire life to caring for her in every sense of the word, you know, like feeding her all this stuff. Yeah, he could literally do. He could be the husband that Ed's like. You're the child now, mom. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, little creepy, little role reversal thing going on here. Yes. Still masturbating, I assume. (laughs) Oh, of course, he can't stop, no. Do you think she was masturbating, too, or was it just... Oh, she would them? never deign. I don't think she probably even ever saw her, her vagina. Well, yeah, that's a yeah, that's Even a from point. the top, you know? That's a good point, honestly. She's probably too afraid to look. Yeah, I mean, I'd be. But, um, so, uh, sadly for Ed, th- that was about to change. Cause even, he was like, oh, she had, a, she had a fucking stroke, paralyzed. I could take care of her even more. Again with this, all right. Some, some bad shit. At some point during 1945, here's a little story. Ed was going to the home of a local man with the last name Smith to buy some straw for the farm. And not believing in her son's haggling abilities, Augusta came along. Makes sense. Yeah, Makes right? sense. Yeah, he lost that money when he was seven. Can't trust him. He's never going to redeem himself from that <laughs> ever again. That 38 cents that he used to buy a loaf of bread... How dare he ever think of losing that? Dreadful child. So, upon arriving, Ed and Augusta witnessed Smith out on his lawn, beating a dog and yelling. 
Oh. Okay. <laughs> so that's what they rolled up to. That's a yeah. How do you uh, <laughs> how do you smooth that one over when you get there? I don't know if they even attempted. Uh, but... Mr. Smith, I'll wait till you're done. I guess. Uh, <laughs> like, sorry. You almost done. Uh, so it soon became apparent that he was yelling at a woman who ran from inside of his home, crying and uh, screaming for him to stop. Okay. So Smith continued beating the dog until it was dead, leaving the woman sobbing and wailing. So what a scene, right? This is a crazy thing, especially to witness with your mother. Yeah, it's just uh, like, we're going to buy some straw like, and watch a dog like We're going to do murdered. business with this guy? We're going to like give this guy money? Yeah, I guess you don't really have a choice. The choices are slim up there, you know? It's like, uh, I guess we'll just we got to do <laughs> this it. This is the only straw guy in town. The straw guy is like 400 miles away. Um, so, uh, yeah, the dog is dead. The woman's very upset. This scene greatly upset Augusta, okay? But not because she had witnessed the dog being beaten to death. But rather, she was extremely upset due to the fact that Smith was unmarried. <gasps> and this woman had no godly reason to be in his home. Oh, No godly reason. Big news to Augusta. None of your fucking business, you stupid bitch. <laughs> Just saying. Well, well, she made it her business because Ed and Augusta left. And Augusta would rant and scream about Smith's harlot, is what she called her. Uh, and, you know, and uh, for a full day and night, she wouldn't stop talking about it. I was like, say, it, I feel like that's not constantly. exaggeration. That no, might it's be not true. That it all day and night. Uh, so this intense anger and impassioned screaming ultimately triggered her to have yet another stroke. Sending her to the hospital where she would die very soon afterward Ooh. on December 29th of 1945 at the age of 67. How funny that that's what killed her. Is somebody just like having sex with a woman? <laughs> she didn't have to Paying see no it. mind to the dead dog that was beaten to death right before their eyes. Well, she'd be like a crazy misunderstanding. Like she was just a door-to-door saleswoman. And he's like, why don't you come in and we'll get you a nice drink of water, you it's like, know? You'd like that, wouldn't you? And she's screaming because he spilled the spaghetti on the floor. And she's like, stop. <laughs> no, you're, you're smearing it. And he's like, shut up, bitch. It's, oh, uh, God. What, <laughs> they came to the door all happy, just a nice couple. Like, welcome, come buy our straw. Yeah, you want It would be straw? the same reaction. Uh, well, uh, so, yeah. On her deathbed, Ed would read her Bible passages. And once she passed, he was inconsolable, all right? So for days, he wept constantly, uh, especially at her funeral, which was only attended by Ed and Augusta's two brothers, who were also unmarried. Uh, Makes sense, makes sense. Yep, it kind of runs in the family there. Uh, Not for long, because they don't have wives. But uh, Ed blubbered in tears and snot openly and unapologetically. Uh, This basically broke him, and he had lost his entire world. He was truly alone. I mean, that's true. You got to think, this guy may have killed his brother for just talking a little bit of smack about his mother. Uh, and now she's dead? I'm surprised he's still alive. Pretty much, man. It's, <laughs> yeah, honestly, his mind didn't even go there. I, I commend him for that, I guess. Um, so here's where we're kind of going to wrap it up for today. Uh, upon returning home, disillusioned and devastated. Ed boarded up his mother's room so as to preserve it exactly how it was. Okay. okay. That was the first thing he did. But he didn't stop there because any room in the house that was primarily used by his mother, he boarded up. 
So this included the upstairs, the, the kitchen, entire uh, the bathroom. Yeah, the entire upper level, uh, the downstairs parlor, the living room. It, it was her bedroom, everything. So Gein basically lived solely in this small room that was next to the kitchen. That's How where he just it. set up shop, and he was like, yeah, I can't go in any of the other rooms. It'll sully it. But he's My still in the house. Essence. He's yeah. still in the same house. Yeah, he's... he kept the house. Gein, he, he kept the house. I guess he's not dumb. He's like, this is worth some cash here. Yeah, I mean, he yeah he continued with his life. He uh, he continued working odd jobs for the community, handiwork, babysitting. He worked on like a couple of road crews. He was on a crew for like crop threshing. Um, but it was around this time that he was like truly getting really into the adventure magazines. Uh, he particularly liked the stories of Nazis and Ooh. cannibals. How about Nazi cannibals? You know what? I'm sure there's a story for it. There and has if there to isn't, be. fill the void. Fill the void, Grant. I feel like there has to be at a certain degree. I mean, the Nazis are. Everybody knows what a Nazi is. It's true. I mean, most people. Unless anyway. you are a Nazi, then maybe you're possibly being willfully <laughs> ignorant. I mean, I would hope that they, especially over anyone, would know what a Nazi is. No, see, that's the joke. They don't know it all. Well, isn't <laughs> the funniest joke in history? <laughs> well, yeah. So I think that is where we'll wrap up Ed Gein for today because there, uh, there's a lot more gross shit. There is a lot of gross shit. None of this was really gross yet, except the masturbating part thing. Right. But that's even that. It's natural, but your mom shouldn't be like badgering you to do it yeah if, either way if your parents have to remind you or tell you to masturbate maybe you just don't want to you know <laughs> it's like mom i'm six i don't have those feelings anymore it might be but, common but it's definitely not something that you need to do i guess i mean it's not i don't needed. know maybe that is maybe you need to i don't know i guess maybe it helps with the harlots it has in to. augusta's mind but um yeah next week we're going to be getting into some really really gross stuff Oh yeah, uh, pretty pretty gross. And this is it's. I'm kind of glad that we did this one behind Gacy. Uh, I mean, obviously there was a gap of episodes, but the last true crime we did was John yeah, yeah, yeah. Gacy. Got to mix it up. And it his kind of goes the same way where it's it's this idea of you really need the background before you can get into the crime. Yeah. The Be- context is everything for most of these stories. It is. It is. And it's it's just like Ed Kemper. It's like, don't get me wrong, the meat and potatoes of that story is him just kind of going around killing people. But in reality... And, it's like, mom! Yeah. It's like a lot of mom issues. It, yeah. It, this dude really has a lot of issues just in general. And Ed Gein... I, I cannot say that I'm familiar with a more intense mama's boy type of story. No, I think he he's the the king of mama's boys. I think he might very well be. He, like, there's he's no in the upper echelons of all mama's boys ever. And this information it's really going to come in handy next week when we actually get into the crimes and some of the, I guess for lack of a better term, uh, skinning and things like that. Yeah, but it. It makes a lot more sense, and in a weird way, I'm not saying you'll forgive the guy, but I think you might have like some empathy for him based on what you've learned today. You know, something that is like kind of hard to admit, but is is uh, it's true. 
I'll, I'll say that, mm-hmm. is that I he's kind of charming. Oh, yeah. Even through, like, even knowing all the stuff that he he did and everything that he went, the, he's he's kind of a charming guy. I think it's that smile. I think it's that little little smirk. It's that smile. He's and just it's like the just like a, a a tired happiness. And it's it, in a weird way, in the very strangest of ways you could ever possibly have it. Um, he he's loyal. You know, like he's a all around decent guy. Yeah. Yeah, he takes care of the people that he cares about, and he's present. Uh, he's very helpful and willing to be kind to anybody. So it's hard to not have a little bit of empathy because looking at this, clearly, I mean, next week we'll talk about this a lot more. We're too, gonna get into some crazy shit. But clearly, this dude has a lot of mental health issues, and they went unresolved and honestly, kind of egged on for a while there you know yeah yeah so it, it definitely was a dirty combination of life for mr Gein. but we will save all the crazy weird crime nonsense spookiness for the episode next friday which Coming will be at you in the future in september oh my god september 1st is my birthday no way i think that that's what like <laughs> no wednesday or way. something yeah it's wednesday it, uh, yeah, it's coming up, dude. It's coming I work, up. I work all day. So that'll be fun. Work but, all day. Oh, another thing. Uh, my band put out a single today. Uh, the band is No Object, and the single is Natural End. Go check it out. That they did. Jake sings. I sing songs with my friend, Griffin. He's you know him. He's a song singer, you know? He's yeah. a song singer. I sing those things sometimes. But yeah, so definitely check that out. Uh, have yourselves a great, grand, wonderful type of week. Yeah. Do everything that you think you should do and don't apologize. Yeah, unless it's something illegal, I guess, then you should maybe apologize a little bit. Yeah. Well, if you think you should do stuff that isn't cool, just be cool, man. You know? Ain't that the truth. But I will say this. Follow us on stuff email us uh reach out to us let us know that you know yeah. you're present and accounted for yeah because you can follow us on all the shit it's uh facebook instagram and twitter and we all in the the email that you mentioned start a cult at gmail.com any oh. thoughts or anything you want to say uh yeah just give us suggestions maybe there's also a link for the patreon below and we are on youtube we are and i want this to be put out there uh, we have a couple people that emailed us that you know we've been in contact with back and forth. You guys are fucking great. Love yeah, you. you guys are really, really great people. I want you to know that uh, I, I have been a bit behind. So we'll get back to those emails before Jake's birthday, which is September 1st. We have not forgotten about you. We are just overwhelmed with life. Ain't that the truth. So we have not forgotten you. We will be in touch with you. Very, very shortly. And we hope you guys have a good one. And I love you. I love you as well. So we are starting a cult. Navi was here. That's true. He was here. Yeah. He says bye. Goodbye, says Navi. Bananas. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. 
Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.